We hop into the multiverse on today's show as we review Best Picture winner Everything Everywhere All at Once. We also look at DC's newest film, Shazam! Fury of the Gods, and discuss why it flopped at the box office. All that and more on this episode of Reels Review. Hello, hello, and welcome into Reels Review. I am Donovan Weaver, and joining me as always is my co-host, Jack Myrick. Jack, how are we doing this evening? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing pretty good. Had a pretty good week of movie watching. Uh, watched a lot of films and a lot of TV shows this past week because I'm a lazy bum and don't have a life, but we finally got a chance to check out Everything Everywhere All at Once, which as we discussed last week, swept the Oscars, did amazing, and we also saw Shazam! Fury of the Gods. I think we're both positive on both of them, even though they're both two very separate movies, but we got a lot going on in today's podcast, so you just want to jump in? Uh, yeah, let's do it. Okay, so everything, everywhere, all at once, just as a blanket statement, what did you think of the movie? I think it was a good movie. Uh, not what I expected. As I've told you before, I don't really watch trailers, so I had no idea what I was watching. So I did not expect anything. I was really lost when I first started watching it, and then then the more and more I got into it, I was like, oh, okay, okay, this is happening, this is that. So I think it could be confusing to some eyes, but I think it was very good. I think it was very interesting. had a very interesting plot. It was a story that hadn't been told in a way. I mean, there's always stories to repeat itself most because, I mean, it's Hollywood. But I think it was good. I would suggest watching it. Now the question is, you know, it's just did it deserve Best Picture? I think that's what we're going to get into. Yeah, we are going to get into that later. I... Also enjoyed it, thought it was a good family movie. So the first like 20 minutes of this movie, I actually found pretty kind of boring because the characters I thought were very unlikable. The only person I liked at first was the dad. He just seemed like a pushover, but he seemed like a nice guy, but everybody else seemed unlikable. And then it whisked you away into this weird scenario where there's a multiverse, we have a main villain, we have our Wanda Maximoff of this universe trying to... Uh, trying to do something that we later find out is that she just she wants it all to be over because she's been in this time loop for a while and she's bored of it. But it's a very, very weird movie. Uh, interesting. I thought it was best when the family dynamics were uh, were that was the main focus. So weirdly enough, the multiverse might have been the most interesting part of the movie, but wasn't the best part. I thought the family dynamic, especially at the end, I, I felt like it all came together pretty well at the end. Thought the uh. Almost the first and third acts were the the key things that made this movie work. Where the middle middle act was a little jumbled, still interesting, but a little jumbled. Lost me a little there. Thought it kind of got weird at some points, but overall enjoyed it a lot. Uh, so I guess we should just get into the characters. As we know, the they won best actor and best uh, supporting actor for this movie, and best supporting actress. And I think two out of the three did deserve this. Uh, what did you think of the uh, characters in this movie? I think a lot of them were really good. The grandfather was really funny. Uh, the dad, dad was really good. Daughter, I think, was very, uh, very, very good. And then the leading actress, I think, well deserved. She, she had a really good uh, performance in this. Her character was great. It, show, it showed I, a lot of development in her throughout the movie. There was contrast between, you know, the dad and, and the daughter, being one being, like, about love, and then the other, and then the other one being kind of a nihilist, kind of like, oh, everything's meaningless, you know, it's just pain. 
So I, I would give uh, the characters uh, probably good rating on this one because I think overall they're all fairly good. Uh, I know Jamie Lee Curtis. She was pretty funny. She Her character's kind of odd to me a little bit. Yeah, so Michelle Yeoh, she won, uh, and if I butchered her name, I'm sorry, but she ended up winning Best Actress for her role as Evelyn. And again, I thought she was amazing. That first 15 minutes we get with her, I'm like, this this woman is miserable. Like, And she's the like she's the protagonist of the movie. She's the main character. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't think I can do two hours or 20 minutes of this. But throughout the movie, you understand her more. You understand that basically you figure out this is like her worst life that she could have lived. This is the worst it could get. Or we think that until we get to the end of the movie and you, you realize, you know, just like Fast and Furious is all about family. But I also thought she was hilarious just in certain spots where she would call somebody stupid and make an odd remark i thought the uh the almost uh, slapstick uh level of violence was funny in this movie how people just get thrown around i thought they all did good uh do you know how to say uh the uh, best supporting guy the one best supporting actor's name because i'm gonna butcher it if i say it kiwa Quan, Quan, yeah, I think I so. Know. He he was amazing. Felt like he was very deserved of a uh, best supporting actor, and he was up against some pretty tight competition. I I watched the Banshees of Inisherin. Uh, Brennan Gleeson was up for that award too, but I do think he deserved it over him. Now with Jamie Lee Curtis, I thought she was really funny in the movie. I thought she was really good. I'm not really sure how she. A, one best supporting actress, or B, even got nominated. I didn't think she was in it enough to get that nomination, especially when you go and you look at who else got nominated. Um, I felt like she was probably the least deserving of the list of who should have won. I'm not saying she was bad in the movie, but she just, I felt like her role wasn't that big. Yeah, her role really wasn't that big at all. It 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 was kind of odd that she got that. I thought... Of this movie of supporting actresses, I, I would gun daughter with acting just because she was more a part of it. She had a bigger role. I thought she was a good villain. And then having her character evolve towards the end of the movie uh, was really good. Um, and then Kaywee Kwan, I think that's what I want to say. It's okay. pronounced. Kaywee Kwan. Okay. And he was, I think he well well deserved of his supporting actor. Yeah, he, yeah, he's really good in the movie. But as like I'm looking down the names, I didn't watch Black uh, Panther: Wakanda Forever. Uh, I've heard it was pretty good. I heard it's a little long, but most mostly I didn't watch it because MCU just kind of burned me a little too much right now. I'm trying to decompress from them. But I watched the Whale. Hong Chow was better than Jamie Lee Curtis. I watched the Bannies of Inisherin. Carrie Condon, who I didn't even know who that was until I watched Bannies of Inisherin. She was better. And again, the daughter, Stephanie Sue, I think that's how you pronounce her name. I thought she was good in the movie. I didn't think she was good enough to garner a Best Supporting act, uh, Actress nomination, but I did think she played the role well. I think, again, I think everybody in this movie did their part, acted well. James Hong as the dad, I thought was hilarious throughout. Everybody did their role well. Good characters, good cast, and again, I think this is what drove the movie because the concept's so cool, you figure it would have been a concept, plot-driven movie, and while it is to an extent, I really do think the characters kind of make the movie as a whole, and just going into that, we will get into the plot now, and to me, there's there's like two sides, and I went into this in my review. You have the family drama, and then you have multiverse shenanigans. 
Now, everything with the family, I think, is great. I think they set it up good. How her mother and the daughter have a bad relationship. Mostly, it feels like, because the mother is kind of struggling internally with herself and life choices she made, and she's projecting that on her daughter. She's a traditionalist, and so is her dad. So, again, the more progressive stuff that her daughter uh, takes part of, she does not like that, but you almost feel like that's just a microcosm of her dad and the way she was brought up. And the way they move throughout it, throughout the movie, until at the end, when it all goes down, she finally accepts her daughter, and her daughter is brought back because that acceptance. And even the uh, her dad, uh, James, James Hong's character, how he's just like this kind of old, when we think of just traditionalist uh, old man, he gets brought around to the, th- the fact, too. So I thought that was all tied up very nicely. Uh, what did you think of the family dynamic? I think that was the best part of the movie. I do agree with that. I think the story that they told of generational uh, repeat, like the repeating things for generations, like where she's like, I'm not going to be like my dad. You know, I'm going to raise my daughter to where she feels accepted and loved, where she didn't feel like that as a kid because her dad was like, didn't really give off the, I want a daughter. I want to care for her. This is my child. While... I think she was trying to maybe be one of those parents that was maybe like overprotective, you know, trying to do all this, trying to control their kid's life, not realizing they're doing this kind of the same thing their dad, her dad did. And then passing that on to like where now her daughter has now become the same as she was as a young girl where they're just lost and don't, don't know who they are and the feelings that they, or how to deal with the feelings that they have. And letting them out in different ways, expressing themselves. And we see that, I think, with all the different possibilities we see of uh, of her character, of the mother's character, seeing all the different possibilities from her being a famous actress to a chef. You know, it's like she had all these different possibilities showing that if, you know, her father loved her or if she didn't marry her husband, she could have been all this. But at the end of the day, the family is what makes her who she is because she loved like she ends up accepting like this is my family i love them all without them i wouldn't be who i am today you know it's interesting and as good as the dynamic is between mother and daughter i think even better it's because it's more fleshed out is a dynamic between uh husband and wife and how at the beginning of this movie we realize she's bored she's working at this laundromat she went into this life with her husband she's miserable as you can tell and throughout the movie, she's seeing all these other multiverses and saying, well, I'm better in all of these, and it's because I left him. This is why my life was better. It's because I left him. I didn't go with him. And then when you come full circle at the end of the movie, she realizes how genuinely she loves him and how great of a person he is. So that's the one that connected for me the most. It was the wife and husband dynamic. And it's, I think it's just because it was more fleshed out. The mother-daughter was good. I don't think they spent enough time with it. And I think the reason they didn't get a chance to spend enough time with it was because of the multiverse shenanigans, which were fun, but I thought thought a lot of them were a little too weird for me, just being honest with you, Uh, especially the universe where the hot dogs are the fingers. Didn't love that. Uh, There was a couple other things that happened. Again, the visuals were cool, and I liked how it all tied in together. But I wish... 
I almost wish this wasn't like a multiverse movie and it could have just been like a family drama movie and they could have just poured all of that into it and just took out the multiverse part, which I thought was weirdly the worst part of the movie. You think so? I, I thought it visually was interesting. I thought it was good that like the story, it was. I feel like it was trying to tell the story through the multiverse and I get that. So I think for this story, I feel like you need it more than you can cut it out because I think it shows as I said, the different possibilities of her life. And it's kind of just a realization of she's got to accept where this, where she is now. She's got to accept that. Yeah. I actually agree with you. I wish they would have done it better though. And maybe not have made the multiverse so hokey. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. You want like less comedy. See, it's weird because I I did find this movie very funny. It was hilarious. Just like at random stuff happens. There's a hilarious part, which I know you said you didn't laugh at, but Michelle Yeoh's character is fighting Jamie Lee Curtis's character, <laughs> and they're fighting on a stairwell. And Jamie Lee Curtis's head just goes through a wall, and she's just like sit like limp, and her head's in a wall. And I'm sitting here cackling on my couch. You can imagine because you know how yeah, I laughed during those parts. Yeah. So no, this movie was very funny. A lot of funny moments. I almost feel like it almost cut the tension a little bit at some parts, which. Again, it made it more entertaining, but I felt like this could have been like a really deep, and it was, but it could have even been deeper. I think they should have explored the mothers and daughters relationship a little bit more. Yeah, the way to describe what they do with the multiverse, for anyone that's watched Rick and Morty, I know you haven't, there's literally an episode they did, I don't think they did in this last season, but they had uh, an ongoing gag where each season they would have an episode where they just do, like, multiverse uh, television. So they would show, like, different stuff going on in the multiverse, you know, people, like, wacky stuff, or, like, same thing, like, in this movie where they have hot dog fingers. It's kind of like that. So that when I saw that, I was like, this is very Rick and Morty. It's very weird to see this. Uh, And then you have, which I think my favorite universe that they showed, real quick, and I think for you two, was the Raticuni. Oh multiverse. my gosh! That that, that was, was out of left field, but it, it was hilarious. And they set it up beautifully too. Mm-hmm. So I think it was crucial to the plot. <laughs> no, it definitely I, wasn't. But it was just so. I feel like they added a lot of good comedy to this movie. I think this may have been one of the funniest movies I've watched in a while that was not built up as a comedy. Yeah. No. I actually I agree with that. I just. I don't know if that's what they were going for. Like, you know, when you think Best Picture nominee, you think drama, this big epic. And this is a drama. I would almost classify this as almost like a, a, a dramedy, though, because it is, it is genuinely funny, but it's also genuinely heartbreaking at some times. Mm-hmm. And so I think the tones can get kind of mixed and a little bit much together. Again, this this is just personal. A lot, Obviously, a lot of people disagree with me. I still found this movie very entertaining. I thought the, the drama worked and the comedy all worked. I think at times, though, it almost just got, like, too... We were stretching credibility a little bit. Because the, Rat, the Raticuni thing was hilarious. It just didn't... Like, why was... It, just, it didn't feel like it should have been in this movie, if that makes sense. So, again, I just felt like the tone was a little off in some sports. Especially, like, they showed the Raticuni thing in the drama part at the end of the movie when they're trying to reconcile. Yeah. And then you, you got... <laughs> You cut it. You can't even get it out. I know. Yeah, you cut to the freaking guy. She's controlling the guy running down the street, trying to get his screaming raccoon, a raccoon that is talking. So it's just, it's almost like. Because it seemed like when they brought it up, 
it seemed like a little one-off joke. Like she was trying to say Ratatouille yeah. and was kept saying Ratatouille, which when I first saw it, I was like, maybe she's just still channeling just- someone from a different multiverse where that was the movie. So I thought that was it, and then they actually made it to where that, which was hilarious, where literally the Ratatouille's talking. He's like, "Chad, don't forget me." And yeah. I like the idea though, because we're getting a lot of multiverse stuff, obviously mm-hmm. with Marvel and stuff like that. I like the idea that you can lock in into somebody else's self and get their skills. So you're different people's skills. I, I've never seen that done before. Thought that was very interesting, and it's only like a limited time. And you also have to do something weird to be able to, to perform that act. And there's a lot of there's stuff. a lot of weird ones. I thought it was, like, it reminded me of The Matrix with some of the stuff, like the action and stuff. And then the locking into, like, a different character like or a different multiverse uh, person. And then the whole taking place in the IRS building because pretty much the whole movie takes place there. Yeah. And I think the action was really good. Uh, what did you think of the action? Because I thought it was very good. Oh, I thought it was very. I thought it was shot very well. I thought it was acted very well. Again, I think I mentioned this in my in our quick thoughts at the beginning. A lot of it was like slapstick humor. Like people are just getting thrown around, and yeah. they're doing kung fu, and it's great. So if you're an anime fan, I would highly recommend this movie. It's it, it feels like an anime style fighting when um. I feel when, like Christopher when Nolan could have directed this movie. Oh like, yeah, it seems like a a plot that he would have gotten behind. Yeah, I mean, well, he made Tenet, so yeah, I, I do think this is something that they would have been all over. Again, I will give this movie credit. I, now that we're starting to like go into it, there's a lot to delve into. It is a very interesting movie, and it's mm-hmm. good. It's entertaining. It holds your attention. So overall, thought the plot was good. Thought it just mixed a little different. Uh, what would you give your final grade on the movie? I think I'd go like a four out of five. I think it is a good movie. I think it's rewatchable. I think uh, I'd probably, I definitely would have said when it was out in theaters, go see it. I know a lot of people I was reading up, a lot of people had trouble trying to find it. Because I saw, I remember one comment that cracked me up was like, I had to drive an hour to go see this movie when every other theater around me is playing Morbius. Which, the greatest movie yeah, of all time. So we, under, we understand yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, how can you pass up Morbius? But no, uh, I think it definitely, it's a movie that, I would highly recommend. I think probably not a not a kid friendly movie. I'll say that yeah. not a kid friendly movie. Yeah, real quick disclaimer: there's a lot of sexual stuff that goes on this movie. Fight, like not, not language, just a lot of stuff that's just overly. I, I thought it was a little too much, little little mm-hmm. little out there. But again, you're an adult; make your own decisions. It's a good movie. It doesn't hamper it, yeah. uh, and some of it's played for comedy, which is funny but also weird. But continue. Yeah. So, I'm trying to think who, like, what demographic, like, what, Pete, like, if you're a fan of certain movies, because obviously if you like comedies, go see it. If you if you like action, watch it. I if think, you're into, like, mind-twisting movies, definitely watch this. I just think if you're over the age of 18, go give it a watch, because mm-hmm. it's so weird and different that I don't know who this is for, but I definitely think you should watch it. I would probably go 3.75 out of 5, so slightly higher than that 3.5. It wasn't quite a four for me because I'm going to disagree with you on this. I don't think it's rewatchable. You don't think so? This sounds weird. I might need to rewatch it to see if it's rewatchable because I just found the experience so weird. I feel like this is one of these big movies, though, where if I rewatched it, I could swing on how much I liked it. Like, I could love it a lot more the second time or for a second time. I'm like, ah, actually, 
that doesn't work for me even more. So I'm trying to decide on whether the stuff I didn't like about it is going to be more glaring or the stuff I loved about it, like that, the comedy, the drama, it all like actually mixes together and works for me. So I could see on rewatch me liking this more, but as of right now, on just one viewing, which is pretty raw. I feel like you need to watch a movie a couple times to really get a feeling for how you feel about it. I don't know how rewatchable it is, but I did think it was very good. The question is, did it deserve Best Picture? And in my opinion, I'm actually I'm, I'm excited they gave a movie like this Best Picture because I don't think there's ever been a movie like this to win Best Picture. And again, I thought the cast was incredible. It was shot really well. So them winning editing, that all makes sense. I just found that there might have been a couple movies that are, were a little bit better. I know most people wanted Top Gun to win, and everybody's like, oh, of course they wanted Top Gun to win. No, Top Gun was a pretty good movie. I know you wanted Elvis to win. You That was your front runner. Yeah. I really liked Banshees and Sharon, which I know nobody watched, but... It got 96 on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, That's that's what uh, Banshees of Sharon got. And everything, everything Everywhere All at Once got a 94... I was looking at all the different ones. Top Gun surprisingly has the highest has the highest overall of all the different rating systems. Uh, their IMDb uh, is eight point three for Top Gun, whereas everything, yeah, everything er- everywhere all at once is seven point nine. Yeah. So again, I f- I feel like it was close though. So th- I think I feel like there was a lot of good movies. Again, we didn't I didn't watch all of them. Apparently, The Fablemans with Steven Spielberg. I'm mm-hmm. actually mad I didn't watch that because I heard that is an incredible film. But I'm not gonna say it didn't deserve Best Picture. Personally, I wouldn't have given it. But again, that's all just personal. Was it a really good movie? Yeah, it was good. It was interesting. It made me think. So uh, I guess worthy. Yes. Would I've done it? No. That. That brings us to what potentially could be the best picture of this year. Oh, my front runner. And, front runner? And, and again, I've seen probably 12 movies in theaters this year. Uh, this is my front runner because Puss in Boots was nominated for last year, so that one's out didn't of the way. It did win, though. It, did, it, it didn't win. Not, oh, that's, it uh, didn't win animated. It uh, lost to Pinocchio. Pinocchio. We talked about that a little bit. I'm still pretty salty about that. Pinocchio was good. I watched that, too, but, you know. Favorite Fearless Hero, I thought was a little better. But yeah, Shazam Fury of the Gods. Me and Jack actually went and watched this together. Was it Monday night? Uh, yes. Yeah, it was, night. yeah so we, we went to uh, the Plainsman Budget. Shout out to the Plainsman because this, the, this is who funds our podcast. But uh, we went and watched it after our budget. And me and Jack went and watched it in the Big D in Auburn's Theater. Sit down. There was about two other people in, the, in this massive 200-seat Sold theater. out. Yeah, it was sold out. Uh, so what did you think of the latest outing for Shazam? I told you leaving the theater. I think it should have been a miniseries. I think first, second act felt rushed. Third act was amazing. That's the only thing that kept me in this film. I probably would have given it... I probably would go more critical on it if it wasn't for that third act being so good. But I still stand with it should be a miniseries. It probably would have been amazing, like six-part miniseries to really flesh out the characters, really go deep into the Shazam lore. Probably maybe have done a lot better uh, financially since they're struggling with that box office-wise. It's the lowest box office performance in, since, uh, I think, like Wonder Woman or something. It was like really bad. It's, yeah, it, it had a bad rough. week. I think thirty million domestically, which is pretty rough for a movie like this. They're expecting a much bigger one. 
I liked it. It was not near as good as the first one. I felt like it lost some of its charm. It made it less about family, even though that was in the trailer and that that was like one of the lines that Zachary Levi says. Made it a little less about family, a little more generic superhero uh, movie, which isn't a bad thing in some aspects. I will agree. I thought the third act was the best part. I thought Jack Dylan Grazer, who plays the best friend of Shazam, carried the movie. Uh, He's a young child actor that has played in It and a couple other things, and he's incredible. He's really good. He's the comic uh, relief character in this movie, and he's the only kid actor that gets significant screen time because Asher Angel, who plays Billy Batson, I thought was incredible in the first movie. I thought the best part of that movie was his dynamic going through life in the foster care system. He does not get a lot of stream time this movie because mostly when we see the characters, they're in their superhero form. So, I don't know. That, that, that was a big negative I had on the film. But overall, I did enjoy it. Not as good as the first one. But the, I, did, I did think the third act, I thought the villains were better than the first one. Third act, yeah. third act I, as well. I think well. the third act was better in this one than the first one. But I think overall, being the story told was better in the first one. Because I didn't feel like it was very rushed. I feel like it was consistent. Where I, this one was, it was they're really trying to get get everyone to know and the audience to know what is going on to then where they can set up the final fight. Exactly. So they do they delve really deep into the Shazam lore in this movie, which I like. I liked it. They went into almost ancient Greek mythology with the characters, uh, and I liked all that, but they had to just kind of throw it out there, like, here's the information, here it is really quick, so by the end, by the end of the second act, we can have our big fight. And what sucks about that is you take away time from the family dynamic and the kid characters, which I do agree with you. I think as a TV show, you could have fleshed it out. You could have had your you could have had your problems because I don't know if you noticed it, but they set up a little side plot to where Billy Batson is the only foster kid that doesn't call their mom mom. He calls her by his first name, and he it's a really quick scene. He calls her, and you can tell it doesn't like her, and we never address it again until the end of the movie. He just calls her mom right before the final yeah. battle. And I'm like, you didn't really earn that because you didn't flesh that out at all. Like, we mm-hmm. didn't see these characters interacting. It, it's almost like there's like an extended cut of this movie where they actually had family dynamic scenes. Probably been like four hours. Yeah, it would have had to been like a four-hour cut. Uh, it, it, yeah, it felt like the, it almost felt like, again, a little rushed. If they would have drawn it out a little bit more, I think it would have been better. Final grade... Uh, I'm going to go with a 3.25 out of 5. Still positive on it. Still really hope that James Gunn continues to have this character in this universe. I think he's kind of fresh. He's almost like the Deadpool of the Marvel universe. Yeah, I would agree with that. Well, Except I would be, agree with that to an extent. Because then I think Peacemaker could be more of that than... You're right. Okay, I, I, I do agree with you on that. But I like Shazam as kind of like this... Because the DCU's known for being the serious mm-hmm. thing, which I like that. I do like that. I think it makes it distinct. But I do like that that there's a little bit of flavor in there with Shazam. Like this fun little family comedy you can take everybody to. Mm-hmm. Whereas I don't think you're taking everybody to the new Batman movie, even no. though it's incredible. But you're not taking your six-year-olds to that movie. Yeah, you're not you, letting them watch Peacemaker. You're not exactly. letting them watch the Snyder Cut. Maybe. You're, you're taking them to Shazam. And they'll probably have a good time. So I hope they continue this. Again, 3.25 out of 5. and That's a little higher than most people have it. What would you give it? I'd probably give it a 3 out of 5. I think it was good. I suggest watching it if you're into the uh, superhero movies. 
DC is they might be picking up. I hope they are. I hope they because it's something. It feels different. I know we talked about it in Quantum Mania in the first episode. I feel like DC is doing something different with bringing lesser-known characters. I know you don't like it. I like it. It's something a little different. It feels like instead of having you know Superman, Batman. I love Batman. I still love Batman. Superman. I never really liked his movies. Never could really get into Superman movies just because he's such a powerful character. Have it's you hard have to, you seen Man of Steel? I have. Okay, you didn't like that. I thought it was okay. I didn't. I didn't really okay. enjoy it. Interesting. See, a lot of people say they weren't big superhero uh, Superman fans. A little too generic. Which I'm the same way. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's kind of like the Captain America, of of what well, he is the Captain America of of the uh, of the DC universe. Except he's just a lot more popular. But to me, yeah, he's a little too goody two shoes. I've always been more of a Batman fan myself, and I feel like most people are. Mm-hmm. And so. I just wanted them to come out with a core. Like these are these are our heroes. Make your superhero, uh, make your Superman film. Then make your Batman film. Then make your Wonder Woman film. Those are your big three. You have to establish those, and they go. And then you can go Green Lantern, and then you can kind of tell from there. And then after you establish the core Justice League, then you can throw in the characters nobody's ever heard of, like Guardians of the Galaxy. That's how Marvel did it. They established the big characters. They established Hulk, Thor, Iron Man, Captain America. They made the Avengers movie. And then Guardians of the Galaxy, people were like, what is this? Nobody wants to watch this. And it was amazing. It's one of my favorite Marvel films, Mm -hmm. which I'm not saying DC can't do that. They should do that. But I think they have to establish a universe. They have to get their core main characters that people will show up for. Because as we see, people aren't showing up for Shazam. And... We can, we're, we're going to go into a little bit why that could be, but he's not he's not a he's not a Superman he's not a Batman. People showed up for the Batman movie last year. Yeah, people. That are, movie was great. It, that that probably could have been my best picture. Little yeah, uh, yeah, that, that was really good. The fact that that didn't get nominated and Avatar did. Yeah, that's that's. that's uh, I don't think Avatar should have gotten nominated because I've yeah. seen. Yeah. Okay, with DC real quick. One thing they do different from Marvel that's very I think. Uh, glaring to me like that stands out is that their tones of their movie Marvel each movie is very similar in tone besides Guardians of the Galaxy I yeah. think that's the one mo- movie franchise they have that is different tone wise to Iron Man Thor because now they've all just kind of become the same yeah, cookie cutter yeah. and then formula DC they have all these different like bat like the Batman which I don't it's not going to be part of the DCE so yeah I think it's, it's separate I think it's going to be Else Worlds which I I do I, I think that's mm-hmm. good keep that away keep that Batman away yeah that away. Batman is great so I think and then but then you have you know Black Adam and Steel all these like serious kind of movies a little bit to it and then you have Shazam. I think it, it's a positive, but then also a negative because I think it can hurt them by not adding kind of a consistency to the movies to where I'm trying to think how I'm going to put this. To where mainly it could hurt them by having all these different tones from where you go from Man of Steel where it's very serious, kind of very dark. You know, it's a, I mean, Snyder directed it to Shazam where you're like, oh, this is fun. This is a fun movie. And then... Snyder, like with Man of Steel, you kind of have to. It's more also you have to think about what you just saw because you know he saves everyone by killing Zod. You know, do you do you really have to kill to save the world, or do you let you know thousands, millions of die by not killing someone? Do you stand by your morals like that? Whereas Shazam, as I said, fun, 
funny movie, family movie, builds up a good family story being told. Uh, Billy Batson, the character, is really f- relatable to people. I feel like he can connect with his character. So I, I just feel like the different tones in it could potentially hurt it. Because like, I've watched a lot of DC things, not very similar. Cause Peacemaker's different. The Batman uh, versus Superman was different. It's just they've all been different to me. I, th- I think having different tones is fine because, I mean, let's if you look at DC, I think Guardians of the Galaxy is different than Iron Man. Iron Man's different from um, Civil War, mm-hmm. which I think is a, more, a very more grounded, serious film, kind of like Civil War. I don't think they go near as far as DC does, as far as seriousness, mm-hmm. which I like that about DC. It's one reason why I wish DC would get their stuff together because I like DC more and I feel like a lot of people do I think a lot of people like DC's characters when they like Marvel's it's just Marvel's actually built a really good universe throughout the Infinity Saga and, and now they're stumbling and now they're terrible again if DC's smart they could really come in and just take the superhero I think, market I think the the move they did that really started swaying some people to DC was maturity of which they showed in Suicide Squad because that movie was awesome it was amazing and they Played off the maturity to a comedy aspect, which was great. And then that's... And now you got other shows spinning off of that, which which, uh, which their shows have been... I'm trying to think of all the shows. I know they did Peacemaker, which I've told you, you need to watch. I'm going a, I'm to a probably say Peacemaker a thousand times because it really is a good show. If uh, not kid-friendly, I'll say that definitely. That, that one is definitely kid-friendly. Great show. I think that was has been one of the best superhero shows definitely a lot better than what marvel's put out is the best one marvel's put out has been loki whereas dc i feel like they're finding their stride i'm trying to think what else what else moves do they have coming out as well do you know so i know they've got to put out aquaman and they've got to put out one more i think until they can to- a flash oh yeah flash that's a huge one because it's gonna have michael keaton in it, and that's the only reason people are gonna go watch it um because they're definitely not gonna go for ezra miller but I DC, I think it's fine if you have different tones. I think you just contain everybody to their movie. Make it, Maybe you're not going towards this one big goal like the big Thanos or something like that. That's fine. Keep everybody to their own movie. Let them do their thing until you want to have that team-up movie. And I think the different, term, the different tones will be fine. But just establish everybody in their own thing. Have a super have a Superman movie where he has a Superman villain. Let him win. You don't even have to set up anything. Maybe like a little teaser, but nothing much. Have a Batman movie where it's him and Robin because that's what they're going to do. They're, I think it's called Batman. Uh, it's called Brave and the Bold or something like that. I know that's an animated series, but they're doing something. And have them fight a classic Batman movie. Same thing with Wonder Woman. Same thing with Green Lantern. Do that. And then if you want to have them all come together, you can. Have them all exist in the same universe, but they don't have to interact every single movie or, you know, in the back of our minds. Like, do your own thing, establish them as great characters, and then you bring them together. See, the problem with DC at first, they remember they made a, super, they made a Superman movie, then they made a Batman v Superman movie, and then they just threw everybody together. And yeah. we, we didn't know anything about Aquaman, we didn't know anything about Flash, we knew nothing about uh, Wonder Woman except her little cameo at the end of, of Batman v Superman. So that's where they messed up. They didn't establish their characters. You have to establish your characters first, and then you make the team up movie. Yeah, and then because I know you mentioned when I 
when it's talking about how they're doing different characters, I know a lot of them you've probably never heard of. I know if you're a comic book fan, you've heard of them, you love them. A lot of these are fan favorites that are coming up. But two movies, they're their two biggest characters that if they're not, if they're going to put them in separate universes, I th- it could be crucial for them because that's going to be tough. But it might be also interesting to tell them without them, which is, as we already said, Batman and then Joker. Joker. Joker's Joker on the big one. and the Batman movie recently. Both great films. Excited for the new Joker, which comes out uh, 2024. So I, I think it'd be interesting. Do you think they will... Because I know you want, obviously you want Batman and you want the Joker in the DCEU. You want that? Well, they've already announced it. Yeah. They've already announced the movie and they're getting a different Batman. It's not going to be Robert Patterson. Because we've already, because that's where I think go back to the tone stuff where you establish Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker. Because then people in their mind think about Joaquin Phoenix. Because I think that's where Marvel did well is that you could be an average viewer and be like, oh, okay, this is that character, this is that character. You know, Robert Downey Jr. is obviously going to be Iron Man. Where you, when you're watching DC, you're like, oh, Robert Pattinson's Batman. Then you could go, like, wait, that's not Robert Pattinson. That's Ben Affleck. And then. Yeah, it's an interesting debate on can you have, can you be successful and have two different kind of things going on? I think you can. I just, you have to get the characters right. The Batman, again, the Batman that we got last year could not be in the DCU. That is a grounded Batman, a very serious tone, no gods and no monsters, very grounded. As we saw, the Riddler wasn't this zany comic book villain. The Riddler was like a serial killer, like Zodiac killer type thing. And that's cool. very interesting. And I like that, very detective. Superman does not need to go into that universe at all. Stay away from that. I'm fine with having a different Batman for the uh, DCU and let Robert Patterson do his thing as the more serious, down-to-earth Batman. I don't think it's going to be a problem. Also, I don't think you could uh, put Joaquin Phoenix's Choker again in the DCU where you kind of want kids to watch. Because, God, kids do not need to be watching Joker. It's a great film, but dear God, no. Yeah. With Joker, I thought what they could have done was they could connect it to the new Batman I think they could do that. Yeah, where they could have. You know, I, I don't think they will, but I think they could. I know they teased the Joker at the end, but I think they what they could do very interestingly is have Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, maybe flashback to like his first year as Batman fighting the Joker, who is Joaquin Phoenix, and Joaquin Phoenix breaks his sidekick that ends up helping him being Robin, and that ends up being the joker we saw in the yeah, barry, barry cone again yeah because um, i think he i thought like he could be a good robin that turned to the joker yeah which i that's what i've wanted to see for a while because they teased it remember they teased it back in uh was it, it was batman v superman yeah. with the robin uh mm-hmm. outfit and it had the ha 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 and i'm like golly i hate you dc i love these characters and you're teasing all this stuff and it's i never, think they also had the crowbar in it yeah they did I, yeah. yeah so that would have been great uh real quick i, I want to get into this so shazam flopped it, it did not do well and the director and Zachary Levi, who's the star of the movie, are they're just they're doing the blame game right now. So the director's saying, uh, "Yeah, it flopped because James Gunn told you this this isn't going to be in our universe. They've already announced a new slate, so basically you don't have you don't need to watch this movie because it's going to set up stuff that's never going to happen." So that's what the director is basically saying. 
and because we got two big post credit scenes. Yeah, which is odd because that's part of James Gunn's DC universe. Exactly, but he hasn't confirmed that Shazam's coming back. Again, James Gunn's being very weird. He's being very quiet. Uh, they also, with Henry Cavill not coming back as Superman, people are ticked about that. And people, that's another reason. And the bigger reason, I think this is true, The Rock didn't did not want to do a movie with Shazam. He wanted his own movie. So you didn't get The Rock versus Shazam, or you didn't get Black Adam and Shazam, which th- those are the two. That's that's the du- that's a big conflict in the uh, in the comic books. Like they're they're the hero and the uh, villain that team up sometimes, but mostly Black Adam's the antagonist or Shazam. They wanted to do a movie with that, and I think that movie would have killed that. That movie would have done great with Shazam and Black Adam, and Black Adam being the antagonist. Mm-hmm. Instead, Black a- Black Adam got his own movie. It did okay, but it wasn't that good. And then it, and then they're saying that's the reason why Shazam just completely tanked. All right, I want to ask you: Are you souring on The Rock? Because I know The Rock was the one that pushed for Black Adam to be a hero. I'm not souring on. I look. I think The Rock's a really good guy. I think he does a lot of good. I, I, I think he's a very. He plays the same person in every movie, but I think that person is very entertaining. I I actually just watched Jumanji. I think mm-hmm. Sunday because I was bored, and they put it on Hulu. And he's a very entertaining guy. I do. I like The Rock. I think he's a good guy. I am ticked at him because I do th- feel like he tanks Shazam. Which I, be honest with you, that first Shazam movie, it's one of my favorite comic book movies that's come o- out in the past seven years. Which I know that's going to shock people. I loved it though. I think it's. I, I thought Zachary Levi played the uh, the kid like a a grown man who is actually a kid very well. I thought it was funny. Uh, I thought of stupid, good, dumb humor, a very serious villain too, and then you have him cracking jokes. He doesn't this one. I, again, I think they're both funny movies, and the fact that I think this is probably the end of Shazam because I think Shazam needed to do really well for James Gunn to continue it. I think I think it's done, and I do blame, don't blame The Rock completely because again, the movie's not great, but. I, yeah, I feel like he does shoulder some of the blame, as well as James Gunn. But yeah, The Rock, I feel like The Rock screwed up a little bit. You should have just combined the movies. It would have been much better and bigger. I want to say, if you want to blame The Rock, this could be The Rock's second movie franchise that he could destroy. Because a lot of people that are fans of The Fast and Furious blame The Rock for pushing back on things and what he wants. So that's why I'm starting to think is his perception souring, like the public perception of him souring a bit. Because I, I could see it happening over the in the next five ten years, where people will be like, "Oh, this guy is just complaining. Like, he really just wants this to go his way." Like I, I like The Rock, I think yeah. I do, but like now his track record is being seen as like, "Oh, he it has to be done his way. He can't just just play the part of what's being given to him." I think, uh, yeah. Again, I think The Rock is very much my way or the highway, and look. A couple of years ago, I would have said he was the biggest movie star on the planet. I would have still said that until I saw Black Adam's box office, and it was very mediocre. Mm-hmm. So I feel like he's definitely lost a little a bit of that shine. Uh, I think Jenny Ortega's taken that from him a little bit. You think Jenny Ortega? Uh, oh God, oh yeah, people, yeah, people love her. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't think he's the, I don't think he's the man anymore. Does that mean he, he still won't draw? No, he'll still draw. He'll still do very well. Same thing. But I feel like he's almost on that Ryan Reynolds status where people are going to show up to a rock. People are going to show up to a Ryan Reynolds movie, but it's it's not like a priority anymore. Yeah, but they're not going to touch Tom Cruise. 
Oh no 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 no! That 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 man. That's he's a, that, still the man. That's the last great true movie star. Mm-hmm. Um, except he did uh, revise the Mummy, and he couldn't do what Brendan Fraser did. That so, is true. Uh, that, and that's why Brendan Fraser is an Oscar winner, and Tom Cruise is also an Oscar winner. So I don't know why I said that. I was about to say, and that's why Tom Cruise is an yeah, Oscar winner. Yeah, I thought winner. you were about to take a shot at Austin <laughs> yeah. Butler. I was like, oh, no. No, no, but no, yeah. The Rock, again, I don't think he's just as big as a star as he used to be. Again, even saying that sounds dumb, but you know what I mean. Compared to where he was, he was on top of the world a couple years ago. Like, the very top of the yeah. world. Of the wrestling superstar, because WWE, a lot of their people are now becoming the next big movie star, which is, I mean... It's, it's scripted stunts, so they kind of have a little bit of acting. But right now, I think of that, we're seeing Cena take over. We got Cena the, and Batista. And yeah. Batista's Batista not, is the best of all. Again, like, he's actually a really good actor. Batista and, again, I, you didn't see it, but I watched Knock at the Cabin earlier. Mm-hmm. This, that was an M. Night Shyamalan film that came out. Decent movie. Uh, interesting concept. Ended stupid. Batista's amazing in that movie. Like, stand out. He's a fantastic actor, and you know that because he says he's done with Drax after this, and I feel like the reason he's done with Drax is while he is a great comedy actor, I'm like, hey, dude, I think, like, I'm actually a thespian. Like, I'm a legit actor, and I want to go act, you know, and try to be, like, in drama and show my range because he's got it. He's a very good actor. So he's, I think he's the best actor out of all, out of, all of them. But, yeah, you see John Cena, again, with Peacemaker, He's, he's been in a lot of animated movies. He's he, he's on the rise up. So yeah, again, The Rock's still a huge, huge uh, movie star, obviously. But I don't think he's the man anymore. I don't I, I don't even know who the man right now would be in Hollywood. But Becky I, Lynch. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, she's one of them. She's, she's not, the man. She's the man in the world wrestling entertainment. But no, you you, you look at people like Timothy Chalamet, or um, oh my lord. Who plays Spider Man? Tom Holland. Tom Holland. Yeah, yeah that's Tom terrible. Holland might be the. That's what I'm saying. Uh, he but, might be the biggest because um, I was thinking last night about. I was watching something. It was talking about the video game ad- adaptations, and I was thinking back to watching Uncharted. I was like, oh, I kind of want to go back and rewatch it. I know you don't. You haven't played any of the PlayStation exclusives. But I'm an Xbox baby. Yeah, yeah. You're missing out there on the exclusive there, but with like The Last of Us, probably the best video game adaptation that's out right now. But Uncharted, it w- I think it was a good movie just because of Tom Holland. Because I was thinking about, like, oh, I really, I just really enjoyed watching Tom Holland because I was more thinking, like, oh, I enjoyed watching him as an actor. I appreciate, like, what he does is, you know, Spider-Man and stuff, which, again, he's kind of like The Rock when you watch it a little bit with at least that one. It felt just like Peter Parker a bit. And then... Yeah, I watched Uncharted 2, and it kind of, I liked it fine, but mm-hmm. again, I feel like he was the main draw. I like Mark Wahlberg, but yeah. he was very, he was being Mark Wahlberg in that movie. But no, Tom Holland was very good in that, and I like that kind of like, we need to go get this thing movies again. I've got it on the wall, I love National Treasure, it's one of my yeah. favorite movies, films of all time. Indiana Jones, I like all that stuff. That movie I'm hyped for. That's so, probably oh, the, the new one. Yeah. Maybe my most hyped movie. But like. um, but again, and you saw that with like Red Notice. I don't know if you watched that Netflix one with I have Ron, not. it was Ryan Reynolds, uh, The Rock, and Gal Gadot, and they are just they're uh, art thieves. And again, a very generic movie, but it was one of those where the actors, you know, you got Ryan Reynolds, The Rock, and Gal Gadot. They just they jump off the screen, so you're like, oh, I want a sequel to that because they were amazing. 
I feel like Tom Holland is getting into that territory where he can just come out with a movie and people are going to go watch it because it's Tom Holland. So, yeah. I guess to bring us back to the uh, DC, what what are your final thoughts on like what they potentially could do, like theories wise? What do you have? Do you think they could do that could really bring people to the theater after struggling with Shazam two? Well, so here's the thing: James James Gunn has already announced what he's going to do for a uh, for the first couple things. So they're gonna they're gonna release Flash, and they're gonna release Aquaman. And then they're going to put a hold on everything. He says, we want quality over quantity. And he announced Superman Legacy. So that's the first one. He's directing that too. Again, as I said, you got to get your main ones out of the way. He also announced Batman. Uh, so that Batman, uh, the I think it's called, is it The Bold or something? Uh, oh, the it's called The Brave and the Bold. It's not okay. called Batman. Gotcha. And it's about Batman and Damian Wayne, which is his son, which yeah. is an interesting choice for Robin, but we can go into that on a later date. I think it's like the last Robin, I want to say. They've announced a Supergirl movie, which, again, uh, a Wonder Woman prequel series. Booster Gold series, which he's a kind of a niche comic book character. I like him a lot. Mm. But then you have, like, Creature Commandos. That's an animated series. Waller. I mean, I like Amanda Waller. I like Viola Davis, but like, I think they're really playing into the comic book fans. Now, now this is the one I'm excited about. They uh, announced Lanterns. It's going to be a Green Lantern show, and it's they said it's going to be uh, a show that's like True Detective for like Green Lantern. So you basically got the the Green Lantern core going uh, across the universe, almost in like a cop show, which I think is cool. And then they announced like Swamp Thing, so. Very again, that's weird. So you have oh, you have Superman, Batman, Green Lantern, and then you got Creature Commandos. So a little, you get a little bit of everything. I think James Gunn's very talented, but I'm cautious. I'm cautiously optimistic. So yeah, you'd say, would you say the future is bright a little bit for them potentially? I really hope so. You got to get Superman right. You got to get Superman and Batman right. You got to knock those out of the park. You knock those out of the park, you'll be fine. You can get those because hey, if you knock those out of the park, then then I'll go watch Creature, Creature Commandos. Yeah, earn my trust with the main people. I'll go watch your spinoff stuff. That's what Marvel did. You earn my trust with Iron Man, with Captain America, with Hulk, and then I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I'll go watch Guardians. Of the, I'm, I've never heard of Guardians of the Galaxy. Ended up being one of my favorite MCU movies. But if you if the MCU came out in 2008, hey, we're coming out with a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. I'd say what? Like what is that? I'm not watching that. Yeah, that, so that's kind of how I it goes. I would have watched it, but it would probably have been more like I probably might have been a little bit lost on some stuff. You wouldn't have got a casual fan in there. You got to get the no. casual fan too, so that's important. That is very important. Get the casual fan for the Supermans and the Batmans, and then you go into the Creature Commandos, which again we'll we'll see how that. Yeah, hey, that might be the best movie of the. It could be, but uh, real quick before we go, I just wanted to give a shout out to our podcast editor, Casey Barrett. As we know, Casey listens to all our podcasts. and She, she does a great job. She does, and she edits all of them, so I know that she'll talk to me about this shout out if she hears it, but that is going to do it for us today. Join us next week as we review the fourth chapter of the John Wick franchise. I'm a pretty big John Wick fan. This is my dad's favorite franchise, so I know he'll probably be there tomorrow as we're recording Wednesday. How are you with the franchise? I've barely seen it. Like I've seen like a l- the first one, that's it. I've not really dived into it. So I'm probably going to be going back tomorrow and Friday rewatching the first one and then watch the 
second one, third one to get into it to really be like get. I think you just mainly get in that hype because I'm I can buy easily into it. Like, I can be like, I start watching. Them, I'm like, I'm ready. Yeah, yeah I'm ready. Well, so. it's it's three hours, so you better be ready. Like, so Keanu Reeves is gonna kick butt for two hours and fifty minutes. But for Jack Myrick, I am Donovan Weaver. Remember to keep the popcorn popping and the reels rolling.